Welcome back to the North Shore Station. We are back. Episode 10, week 15 has happened. Festivus has happened. And now Christmas is about to happen in week 16. Things are getting interesting. The NFL playoff picture is starting to shape up. There's some pretty crazy scenarios for teams to make it. And maybe the Browns will miss it at 11-5. and five. That could be interesting. As for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they have dropped their third straight. Juju still dancing on the uh, logo. Not anymore, but we'll talk about that. The Chiefs looking like we can just hand them the Lombardi trophy already. And the Jets losing Trevor Lawrence, possibly. Possibly. They pick up their first win of the season over the Rams. Of course, today we'll be covering the NFC East watch, the hottest division in football. Things are getting interesting there. And then we got five, five Twitter questions this week. So we'll be answering those. And then today's top three is going to be the best running backs from the 2017 draft class possibly the best draft class for running backs of all time. And then finally, of course, like we have every week, the fadeaway three, we'll be giving you nine free NFL picks and talking about the interesting spread in the game of the week, Packers minus three. So if you want, if you like free money and you like winning, then stick around for that because we got the winning picks for you. This is the North Shore Station, all aboard. Welcome back to the North Shore Station. It is December 24th, commonly known as the day after Festivus, the day to air all grievances. Lucas, do you have any grievances to air today? I think we're going to get uh, to quite a few grievances today in this episode, but, uh, but you know, that's about it. We might get to a feats of strength later. Uh, I don't have my poll up here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm not, I didn't come prepared today, but I do have some bagels down in the kitchen. Uh, we do not have the kitchen staff on strike. Uh, there's a lot of Seinfeld references being thrown out right now. I don't know if anyone who listens to this even watches Seinfeld, but yeah, got to be one of my all-time favorite shows. <laughs> at least, at least we don't have Tinsel. That's very distracting. That's right. Too distracting for this podcast. And uh, let's just get this out of the way first. Seinfeld greater than Friends. If you think Friends is better than Seinfeld, then you are completely out of your mind. Festivus greater than Christmas Eve Eve. That's all we'll talk about this. <laughs> Now let's get into the NFL. Let's just start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They dropped their third straight loss after starting off 11-0. and Now, uh, I was going to start and being like a depressing, um, giving up on this team, whatever, but I've got some good news for the Steelers fans. The last team to go 11-0 and and then drop their, their next three won the Super Bowl, and that was the 2009 Saints. So... Steelers fans, don't give up yet. It's not over. Um, but I don't know. I don't know, actually, if it is over or not. This uh, last performance against the Bengals had to have been one of the worst Steelers games in recent memory. I'll, I'll collect my thoughts here. Lucas, what are, your, what are your opinions on this game? What are your opinions well, yeah. on the Steelers moving forward? 
Yeah, I mean, we mentioned the airing of grievances already, and I was prepared for Dom to have quite a few of them. Um, I do. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Steelers right now, it's a scary state of affairs in Pittsburgh if you're, if you're a fan of the black and gold because, you know, like you said, they just they don't look good. But I think, I think that's true. I mean, like you said, the Saints went, were 11-0, and then they dropped three, and there's still time for them to get it on track. There's two games left in the schedule, two big games against good opponents. So, I mean – as much as from a Browns fan's perspective, I, I wouldn't want them to turn it around. They can. I mean, they have a good game this week against the Colts where I kind of like their matchups. I think they could have a good game and, and bounce back, and that could be a really uplifting win. Uh, and then, I mean, the Browns, you know, a divisional rival, if, if they get a win over them, I'm crossing my fingers right now, but if they get a win over them, that, that can always boost your team and, and uh, you know, push a playoff run. So, there's still time for them to turn it around. There's still two more games. They, they've, they've already clinched a playoff spot, so they, they have three more games. And, you know, that third one is obviously a must win. There's time for them to turn around. There's time for them to still make a run at a Super Bowl. But like you said, I don't know, Ben's slowing down. Juju's TikToks are, are taking over, over a little bit too much. Von Bell had something to say about that this week. That got me fired up, you know, as an Ohio State fan and a Browns fan. But, but I don't know. What, what do you think, uh, Camden, about, about the Steelers? Yeah, I know Cameron's uh, got a lot to say about Juju's TikToks. Let's, let's I'll, that's true. I'll, I'll, address, I'll address Juju's TikTok dancing. Okay, so with the dancing, is that the reason Pittsburgh is struggling? No, it's not. Is it unnecessary and a distraction, and is it just disrespectful, arrogant, and embarrassing for a wide receiver one who's like 44th in the league in yards? Yes. It, but people, people on Twitter and everywhere blaming – this loss and the struggle based completely on Juju's dancing right here is not true. Like Mike Tomlin said, it's about the quality of play inside the white lines. It doesn't matter what he's doing before the game. It doesn't matter what he's doing after the game. It matters what he's doing on the field and the offense just isn't producing. And it, and it's, it's sad because the offense was producing at the beginning of the year. And uh, I think the, the downfall of this game was just, turnovers the Steelers dug themselves into a hole that they couldn't end up getting out of they had three very early turnovers with the two fumbles and then the awful interception by Roethlisberger and then they they go down 17-0 and they get it to seven points within the fourth but if those turnovers never happen you're not fighting from behind and like Ryan Finley only had 89 yards passing so the the defense was fine and very good to be able to win the game. And again, like the play calls were rough. Uh, Dom's favorite person, Randy Fickner, throwing a two-yard drag route to Juju, who's double teamed, and he gets absolutely lit up by Von Bell. That might have been a setup. It might have been like, all right, this will get Juju to stop dancing. Let's, Let's get him throw a drag route and get him popped. Maybe I mean, Ben yeah. set it up. If anyone, it was Ben because he <laughs> yeah. had an open guy. I think it might have been Ebron coming over the top instead, and Bell kind of jumped it. You know, I, I think Ben might have said, you know, I'm sick of these TikToks. You know what? Get lit up one time. <laughs> uh, Pittsburgh talk radio host Mark Madden, he said earlier this week on the Pat McAfee show, he said the Steelers don't have leaders. They only have veterans because if they had leaders, someone would have stepped up already and told Juju to knock it off, cut this crap out. Personally, I didn't have a problem with it when we were winning, but as soon as you take that first loss, uh, it's time, especially against the Washington football team, it's time to knock it off. It's, it's a wake-up call that we aren't as good as we thought. This, the Steelers possibly are the most overrated, were the most overrated 11-0 team of all time. And like Camden said, 
the defense wasn't horrible against the Bengals. But when the offense can't stay on the field, the defense is going to get tired. The defense is going to slip up eventually, and they just can't hold them. And as for the offense that looked pretty good in the beginning of this season, I think that defenses are starting to, starting to uh, understand what the Steelers are doing. They, they're starting to realize that Ben Roethlisberger can't throw the ball like he used to. He just can't hit the deep ball anymore. I mean, and, and to go along with that we don't have a run game, I mean, you can't do play actions at all because, like, what, are what you're going to run the ball with these guys? No. The offensive line isn't doing it. Uh, Big Al Villanueva, I think it's about time for him to retire. I don't understand how Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro made the Pro Bowl. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of grievances to air, and there's, there's a couple of them. This offensive line is extremely overrated. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger hasn't gotten sacked too much, got, hasn't gotten hit too much, but it's because he's throwing the ball in two seconds, and that's why you're seeing a lot more turnovers, a lot more picks from Ben Roethlisberger now because these, the defenders are ready. Like, they're going to make the first move. Like, if a receiver cuts, they're jumping on it because they know Ben Roethlisberger isn't going to have time, and the, the play calls that are designed for him, just none of them are going deep. He can't so that's exactly that's exactly like you said with the with the play action uh with the the final drive uh, Ben goes play action nobody falls for it and Ben throws one with about a Christmas bow on it right to Will Jackson who ends up dropping it but I mean yeah the defense I mean defenses know exactly what the Steelers are doing they know what they can't do and they know what they can do and when you have uh when you have uh, liabilities like that, you, you know, it's very easy to stop an offense, and the Bengals showed that. And on the defensive side, yeah, we're still doing pretty good, but we're beat up. I mean, the linebacker position is absolutely destroyed right now. Vince Williams just got removed from the COVID list, so he'll be back. Marcus Allen got banged up. He's not even a linebacker. Uh, Devin Bush tore his ACL. He's out for the season. Bud Dupree tore his ACL. He's out for the season. I mean, these are just major blows to the defense that they're just not the same as they were at the beginning of the season. It's unfortunate, but it's true. If the Steelers lose, if the Steelers lose out, including their first playoff game, what do you think, uh, what do you think has to be changed in the Steelers organization? Do you think it's Ben Roethlisberger? Because he's already said that he's, he's willing to play next year and he's got an extreme amount of money on him for next season. I think it's almost like, $49 million just on next season alone that the cap space is going to be taken off for him. So Lucas, what do you think? Is it, is it Tomlin if we lose out? Cause this is a third straight season where it's been a total collapse of this team. What, what is the move if we, if we don't win a playoff game this year? Uh, I think right now, one, one thing to look at is the offensive coordinator. I know that a couple of weeks ago I said, take it easy on him. I mean, you guys were 11 and 0, but I mean, it's easy to say that the offensive coordinator looks good or, you know, when, when you guys are 11 and 0 and your players are playing really well and Ben was having a really good season. Um, and now people are starting to try to figure out a little bit more and you hear more people talking about the offensive coordinator. So I think that is one spot you mentioned the run game is not, uh, working very well at all right now I think they definitely need to go out and pick up a running back that can change the game where mm -hmm. it, you don't need to just get him in a good scheme to get a hole but like he's gonna make it himself you know what I mean there, there's a couple running backs like that where they can just like I talked about Lamar Jackson last week he's a guy who like even if you don't have the right scheme he's gonna make a play obviously Lamar Jackson's an exception he's there's no one like Lamar Jackson in the league and there may never 
may never have been and there may never will be, honestly, because he's just that much of a physical freak. But you need a guy like that who's going to make plays whether or not he's in the right scheme. So I think that's one thing. I think you guys have good receivers. We talked about their depth all season. Uh, if Ben wants to stick around, I think he can do it. But I think they need to, you know, recognize his weaknesses in his older age and, you know, design this offense differently around him now than he's done it in the past. You can't keep doing the same thing. He's a different guy now than he was a year ago than he was in week two. I think he's, I think he's a different guy even now than he was a month ago. So I think the offense coordinator needs to, needs to, uh, needs to change. I think, I think your defense is in good shape, but uh, I mean, obviously right now they're banged up. So a fully healthy defense, I think we'd probably have a different story if Bud Dupree was still around, if Devin Bush was still around, I think it would be a different story, but but yeah, right now I think the run game is a huge issue, and and from an outside perspective, I couldn't say anything about the offensive coordinator before a couple weeks ago. But yeah, no, I think he is. I think he. I think Fickner has probably got to go. I mean, he just doesn't run the ball at all. But this is. I think it's also on Ben too, because really Ben has the final call on what play is going to be ran. So I don't know. Yeah, I definitely agree that we do need to fire the offensive coordinator, but it's it needs to be more drastic than that, I think, but definitely getting a running back. I'd love to see the Steelers draft Najee Harris from Alabama. That would be pretty cool. He's one of those guys who's big, bulky. He can, you'll find holes no matter what the offensive line, I think needs to be addressed a little bit. And then as for Roethlisberger, if he looks uh, how he looked last week, next season, then we need to have a better backup than Mason Rudolph because we can't stick around with, how good this defense is and how good of receivers we have and just waste the talent that we have. So there's a couple quarterbacks I'd be interested in seeing. I've heard a couple Steelers fans say Carson Wentz. I know he's been looking horrible. I know we trash him a lot on this podcast, but he reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger a lot. They're about the same build. Roethlisberger looked good his first couple of seasons, and then he had a rough season similar as Wentz. The Eagles have given up on Wentz a little too early, in my opinion, if they're actually going to get rid of him. I'd like to see Wentz in a Steelers uniform. I think he'd be good with the weapons that we have because in Philadelphia, he doesn't have any weapons. He can't do anything. And the, they just don't use him right. I think the Steelers would. Uh, I'd also like to see us draft a quarterback, maybe Zach Wilson or, or Mac Jones. That would be cool. Maybe Kyle Trask. Who do you think is the, the best quarterback other than Trevor Lawrence coming out of the draft? Uh, this year, I mean, you got to look at Mac Jones. I mean, he's he's probably going to be a Heisman winner. If honestly, I think he, if anyone should be a Heisman winner from Alabama, it should probably be that receiver. I think that guy is a, is an absolute freak, and one of the reasons that Mac Jones has looked so good. Yeah. But I like him. I like Kyle Trask a lot. I don't know if he'll be there uh, when the Steelers are are drafting. They might have to trade up for a draft pick, honestly. But I like those two guys a lot. Uh, Camden, what do you think? I uh, I mean, even though he's having a not the best year of his career, but you can't forget about Justin Fields. Justin Fields, oh, yeah. is, he can change the game as well. Would he fit with the Steelers? And eh, maybe not. Yeah. Would you be able to get high enough to get him? Probably not. But uh, other than Trevor Lawrence, he's probably the biggest potential to make. Let's talk about the, in the NFL. Let's talk about the Trevor Lawrence game of the week: the Jets versus the Rams. The Jets looking like they're going to go 0 and 16. Nope, that's going to stick with Cleveland. No problem. No problem there. The Jets pick up their first win against the Rams, 23-20. I thought the Rams could be NFC contenders. Like I could have seen them in the Super Bowl before this week, but man, after that, I don't even know. Trevor Lawrence right now if the season were to end today, he would go to the Jaguars. If you're a Jets fan right now, you have to be pissed off, right? 
I, I yeah, just I mean, don't you... see the point in winning this game. Mm-hmm. Like, what what was the? I I don't agree with with tanking and any of that. Like, I'm a big uh, NBA guy as well, and we see that over there a ton. You know, you see, like, I'm a Sixers fan, and we went nine and 72 2013 it was rough so I've, I've watched it myself and i'm not a fan of it but i mean you're getting a chance to get a generational talent here who can completely change your organization and then you and then you go out and, and beat the beat the rams for no reason completely you give up the first pick as of now i just i don't but i think this game was a very was a showcase game for sam darnold showing that he can play in this league especially with the receivers that, that the Jets have and their, their offensive line and that offense in general. I think he, and I think he realizes that if the Jets end up getting the first pick that, and Trevor Lawrence comes in, he's going to need to be looking for another job. And that can be with a contending team where he can get receivers and go, and go win some games. But I think he realizes, like, if I show out here with what I have, somebody who's a contender, like the Steelers possibly, could, could take me next season. Yeah, that's another quarterback I wouldn't mind the Steelers taking. Lucas, what I know you, you talked to. I know you talked earlier about Darnold as as being kind of a backup quarterback. Even though Juju said that he would want him, I don't know how how much uh, Steelers fans hold uh, Juju's opinions, how high they hold that in their mind right now because of uh, the last couple of weeks. But but I think Darnold could be good. I think uh, I think he shows some flashes sometimes where it's like, all right, maybe he could be a legit NFL quarterback. I've never really been high on Darnold. Even coming out of USC, I was like, no, if the if the Browns take him, I, I wasn't really high on Baker Mayfield either. But you know, it's it's working out all right right now. But yeah, I it, I was like, if the Browns take him, I don't know if I can if I could watch a Browns game with Darnold under Q. But but yeah, he is showing something and he's maturing. I mean, it is his third year. He's got you know a lot of years to come, hopefully for him, whether it's starting or as a backup. But but I think he could find the field in another organization where they do surround him with talent and he can use it well. I mean, if he can use the Jets' talent to win a game against the Rams, who, you know, like you said, could be a contender in the NFC, then I don't see why he couldn't take better talent and do more with it. Uh, I think the Rams are really inconsistent, which is mm-hmm. which was really shown in this game, uh, especially Jared Goff, Camden's, like, best friend. Um but, but I, I mean, yeah, that was showed really like a lot, but their strong point is their defense and the Jets offense looked really good against them. I mean, they scored 23, which isn't a crazy amount, but you know, like I said, they don't have a lot of talent. So if Darnold can put up 23 with that talent, if he's goes to another team with, with better running backs, better receivers, a better offensive coordinator, I don't see why he couldn't win 10 plus games. Let's say the Jets end up getting the second pick. The Jaguars take Trevor Lawrence first overall. Who the Jets go with? Do they go with Justin Fields or do they stick with Darnold and maybe get Devonta Smith from Alabama to maybe help Sam Darnold out a little bit? What do you What do you think? Because I think I if, if Justin Fields goes to the Jets, his career is over. He can't turn that. Justin Fields doesn't have what it takes. Trevor Lawrence, maybe. Justin Fields, yeah. not yet. I agree with that 100%. I think Justin Fields is a guy who – he needs to go to the right team and the Jets aren't the right team. Trevor Lawrence is a guy where no matter where he goes, I think he could be fairly successful. Now, obviously he can't be like a terrible team. Like they need some time. They it can't, if he, if you put him on the Jets right now, they still only win two games maybe, yeah. but he need, I think he could go somewhere and have a good coach and be successful. Whereas Justin Fields needs 
more to go right around him. He needs the right talent. He needs the right locker room mesh. He needs the right offensive coordinator, head coach, front office. I think Trevor Lawrence is more of just a plug-and-play guy where he can kind of go anywhere and, and he'll, he'll do all right. Where then, Fields needs uh, the right spot. So, no, I don't, I don't think they should take Fields. If they get the two spot – and let, if they like Trask a lot, maybe they take him. I don't know how high they would go with him. But, yeah, yeah probably Smith, the receiver. Do you think Adam Gase gets fired after this season? I I, I want to say yes. I don't think he will. I, I, I don't think I, he I will. Like to say he yes because he probably should. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think he will because he's not a good coach. Like mm-hmm. you watch their games. There, I mean, not not many people listening to this probably watch Jets games, but you watch the highlights, and you know the the offense doesn't look good, whether it's a good team out there on the field or not. And Gase already proved that he's not a good coach in Miami. So, yeah. I mean, should he be fired? Yes. But are they – like, you can't put the blame on losing this many games on him looking at the talent that the team has. I mean yeah. – I think I think one thing is uh, they might do the the Hugh Jackson with him and be like, yeah, we went 1-15 this year, but if we bring some good talent in, maybe he can do something. And then we did that for you, Jackson, in Cleveland, and he still was terrible. You know what I mean? Like, we, we Baker Mayfield's rookie year, we had a lot of talent. And he still lost the first two or three games, whatever it was, and we didn't look good. So they're like, get out. And then we ended up going seven, eight, and one, I think it was that year. So it, if they if they have the number one pick or number two pick and they bring in talent, they might give him a year with the talent and see if he can – if that's what it was, if it was just bad talent. Because the Dolphins didn't have spectacular talent when he was there either. But, but if he still can't win games with them, he's, he's definitely out. Like not even three games in. I think they could do the same thing. But you look at the Dolphins now, and they're they're sitting in pretty good position because they have a good coach. And and you also look at Tannehill in Tennessee and how good he's looking, but he just looked horrible with uh, Adam Gase. So if Adam Gase sticks around next year and they do bad again and then he gets fired, I don't see how he's a head coach in the NFL ever again. There's yeah, no way. Sure. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the game of the week, the Chiefs versus Saints. This one finished out a lot closer than it really felt. It seemed like the Chiefs kind of ran away with this one. Final score, 32-29. The spread on this one was Chiefs minus three. That bet pushed. So we chose this one last week, so none of us won or lost there. Um, Drew Brees didn't look the best, didn't look the best. But that final drive, he looked pretty good. He looked really good, actually. He looked like the normal Drew Brees. And I think, here's a hot take. I'm putting it out here now. I said it earlier. I said like two weeks ago when we gave our Super Bowl predictions, Chiefs versus Saints. But in the Super Bowl, I think the Saints win the rematch. Wow, that is a pretty hot take, honestly. I think Drew Brees' ribs will be a little bit back together. I think the the Saints' defense is a lot better than the Chiefs' defense. Uh, Obviously, the Chiefs' offense is the greatest in the world. But I think the Saints could hold them. And I think if Drew Brees is getting a little – shakes that rust off a little bit, I think this is a different ballgame. What did what was well, your- yeah, I think I think that Drew Brees, you know, yeah, like you said, he's got to shake the rust off a little bit more, but he started to look like himself again. Um, another thing is we don't know how healthy his ribs are. I don't know if you guys caught that on uh, one of the pregame shows or something. They talked about, you know, Drew Brees coming back, and they said, well, how healthy are your ribs? Are you at 100%? And he said, I, I don't really know, actually, because they did – however many weeks he was out, they did three scans of his ribs, like, in that first week or two weeks or something. And they said, if you have any more radiation, like it's really dangerous for you. So we can't do another scan for a while. So he went into this game not knowing like what percentage his body was really at. 
But he said, you know, I think my team needs me right now. We just had a big loss to the Eagles. I think I need to come back, and I think we, I can rally the troops and, you know, maybe get a win against the best team in the league and, you know, make a playoff run. So I think that was really big. I think even though they lost this game, that momentum and that heart of Drew Brees really helps out this Saints team. I think if I broke 11 ribs, I would never want to get, like, even <laughs> smacked on the side. Like, that dude's, like, 40, 40-some years old. I mean – Oh, yeah. I can imagine, like, being tough enough to, like, get back out there and just be taking hits from 300-pound men, let alone barely getting touched on those ribs. That's, that's, that says a lot about Drew Brees. He gained a lot of respect in my eyes. Camden, what did, what, did you have any takeaways from this game? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just – it's going to be exciting to see how Brees takes this team into the playoffs, and it, it's kind of – Sad to think, you know, what would have Taysom Hill done in the playoffs with the unpredictability that, that he brings to that offense. But I think definitely once they get Michael Thomas back in the playoffs uh, and that defense continues to improve, I, I don't see no reason why this team can't make the Super Bowl. Do I think they will? Not necessarily, but it, they're definitely up there in, in the front runners. All right, that wraps up the games that we wanted to talk about. Let's Let's just talk about the NFL playoff picture at the moment. In the AFC, the Chiefs have the one seed. They've pretty much clinched that one seed, I, I, and I think. Um, and the Bills are at the number two spot now with the Steelers dropping to number three. The Steelers still have a chance to move into that number two spot, which wouldn't be bad. Um, Lucas, let's talk about your Browns quick. They are 10-4. There's a couple scenarios for them to make the playoffs this week. And that's if they win and my, uh, Miami loses, Baltimore loses, or Indianapolis loses. But if Indianapolis beats the Steelers and Cleveland wins this week, then next week Cleveland versus Steelers would decide the AFC North. That could be a very interesting game. And honestly, I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I think the Steelers are down right now. I think the Colts are, you know, they're playing all right right now. So that could be really interesting. But – Honestly, as a Browns fan, you know, we haven't been we haven't had a 10 or a winning season in 13 years. I just want to be in the playoffs. I think a home field advantage would be great, especially with the way Cleveland brings it. I mean, on Monday night we had 13,000 people in the stands and Baker Mayfield had touched the crowd. Yeah, exactly. So I think I think home field advantage goes a long way, but I don't know how how far it'll go this season, you know, with not as many fans. But personally, I just want to get in the playoffs. So I don't know if I, I obviously I would love home field advantage. I would love to be able to say we were the division titles. I would love to say we beat the Steelers in week 17 and made them be road on the road in the playoffs. But I would be fine if the Steelers win and we don't get that opportunity because we're in the playoffs. Of course, obviously we have to take care of business against the Jets. The Jets have shown they could beat a team. They beat the Rams last last week. So, you know, they're, they're a team that's, they're not going to be just pushovers. They're going to come out and try to play the game. Even, even though the media is saying, oh, you, you guys should just tank, get Trevor Lawrence, you know, give yourself a shot even more. They're going to come out and they're going to try to punch us in the mouth. So I think the Browns need to focus, take care of business. But I think it would be really terrible for us to have a great run like this, go into week 17 being 11-4, and four, and then lose to the Steelers and not get in. So I kind of want the – I kind of am rooting for the Steelers. Um just because that that guarantees the Browns a spot if they win against the Jets and the Steelers beat the Colts. But at the same time, like I said, being able to say we beat the Steelers, we're division champs over the Steelers, that uh, to be able to go back to Pittsburgh and say that, it would just be 
That would be a perfect Christmas gift. But what there, more could I ask for? There is that slim chance if you win this week and then you lose next week that you could miss the playoffs. An 11 exactly. Browns team missing the playoffs, that would be the most Cleveland Browns thing of all time, I think. Like, that would be – I would actually yeah. feel bad for Browns fans around the world if that happened. That, that just isn't right. Yeah, it would be a heartbreaker. That's what I'm trying to say. I think right now I just want to get in. But hopefully, you know, we can get a home seed – we can wear the brown unis instead of the whites. I think we look better in the brown, um, and that can happen. But as a Browns fan, I just want to get in. Please just get us in, and, uh, and then let's try to make a run from there. All right. We will keep an eye on the Browns and their, their scenarios to make the playoffs. Let's talk about the NFC East. Things are getting real interesting there. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts, they'd take a loss, but you've got to be happy if you're an Eagles fan here. The Cardinals win 33-26. Um, Camden, what, what do you think about Jalen Hurts as of right now? Uh, I mean, I, well, I, we're gonna, I'm going to address the same thing in the, one of our Twitter questions as well, but I love Jalen Hurts, and that means something because I don't usually say I love a lot of people who wear green, but Jalen Hurts is a stud. I mean, and the, 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 the Eagles look so much more into the game now with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. With, with Wentz at quarterback, I said this last week, they, they just looked down, they looked slow, they looked like disinterested, and they weren't, they weren't playing their hardest for Carson Wentz. But now that Jalen Hurts is in here, the, team, the team's energy has completely flipped. The offense is moving the ball, receivers are getting open, Jalen Hurts is finding them. Uh, this, I mean, as a Washington fan, this is the team I'm most worried about in the NFC East. I mean, the, the Eagles look like look like the real deal and and I and I'm talking in a, in a year or two you know when when more weapons are added and maybe some defensive guys but yeah the, the Eagles are definitely scaring me I mean there's still a chance that the Eagles could make the playoffs and, and with that tie Doug Peterson could look like a genius if they somehow slip in there they win out and the Washington football loses out they're they're in there and the Giants have to drop a game or two of course let's talk about the Washington football team and their scenarios for them to clinch a playoff spot this week they'll need to win and they'll need the Giants to lose or they need to uh, tie have a tie the Giants lose and then the Eagles and the Cowboys tie so that one's pretty much not going to happen so what they need here is the Giants to lose this week and the the Washington football team to win to make the playoffs Um, Camden what do you do you think that the Washington football team could be a sleeper team to make a run the playoffs this year uh, I, I do somewhat a little bit, uh, definitely going to have to see how the quarterback situation turns around. Don't worry. We're going to get into that in, in a second here, but I mean, yeah, I mean the defense, the defense can definitely compete in the playoffs, especially with, with how good they've been playing lately. Chase Young, it would just, Pro it would just, oh, absolutely. The, the Pro Bowl means nothing, but love Chase Young. But, Especially this yeah. year, there's not even a game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're playing Madden. Like, but, yeah, I think our defense could definitely compete in the playoffs. It would just determine how healthy and uh, hard our offense wants to play. But, I don't know. I'll just be happy to make the playoffs. Yeah, but would you be would you be really upset if they didn't make the playoffs at this point? No, it's, it's a win-win here. You know, we get a decent pick if mm-hmm. we lose, if we don't make the playoffs – Again, like I said earlier, I don't agree with tanking, so don't lose on purpose and miss the playoffs. You know, try to make the playoffs. You know, 
see, you know, it, you get there, all you got to do is win a couple games, you know, steal a couple and then, and then you're deep in. So it's possible, but my, my hopes aren't up, but it's possible. I got one more question. If the Washington football team makes the playoffs, do they change their name? Do they stick with the Washington football team still if they make the playoffs? Because I feel like if they miss it, yeah, you can change the name. But if they make it and win a game or two, you've got to keep that name. Uh, I think I, it's just so bad. Like, it's just like <laughs> – it's just such an embarrassment. Like, especially like people were saying when we beat the Steelers, like you lost to a team without a name. Like, that's yeah. just so like – like it like takes the, the glory off the win. It's like <laughs> – but I don't know. Dan Snyder said he wants to change it to the Washington Football Club. I oh. that guy's a goofball, and yeah. I've stopped caring about what that guy said years ago. But I don't know. I mean, definitely, I don't care what they do with the name. All as long as you keep the burgundy, yellow, and white, that's all I care about. Whatever the name is, doesn't matter to me. Now let's talk about Dwayne Haskins. Probably the biggest news out of the Washington Football Team <laughs> this week, even though they lost to the. Seahawks 20 to 15. The, the biggest story is Dwayne Haskins caught in a club, no mask on, just just booty in his face. I I'll, mean, I'll come clarify, on, it, was, it was his girlfriend's birthday party, so it was a private venue. He wasn't okay. at like it was, he wasn't at like an open strip club in the city. Okay, all right. <laughs> not that that not that that it, it makes it acceptable, but just yeah. to defend Haskins a little bit. But. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the I mean, the he's basically James Harden Jr., James Harden of oh, the NFL. Oh, absolutely. He's but, fat. He's uh, – <laughs> loves his clubs. I mean. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the offense first half against Seattle with Askins looked bad. Couldn't move the ball. Three and outs, back to back to back. Askins looked bad. The offense looked slow. Second half – Three drives back to back to back in the second half. Haskins did not look did not look that bad. He had he had he was moving the ball. He was he was evading defense. He was he was getting out of the pocket, and he he didn't play as bad as he did in the first half. But, so it gave and he gave us a chance to win the game. But he didn't look as good enough to be the captain of this team. No, 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 no. no. That is crazy. That he was even the captain to begin the season. Yeah. He, he did lose yeah. it for for those it listening. He lost that. his captain position on this team after the club uh, uh, I don't even know what to call it anymore Dwayne Haskins I mean what do you do with them now uh, the only reason he's not cut right now is because we need him you know yeah. uh, Alex Smith is dealing with a calf injury a calf injury that probably any other quarterback is going to play through but since Alex Smith has, I don't know if you heard had a pretty bad leg injury so he's probably not going to he's probably not going to risk playing on that. So he's going to sit out. Then behind Haskins is two practice squad quarterbacks who I believe both of them have in Steven Montez and the other guy I forget his name off the top of my head. But they neither of them have NFL experience. So the leadership from Haskins right I mean it, it's a, it's a horrible look. I mean it's just it's embarrassing. It's and especially when we need you most you, you go and pull this stunt, you know, I mean, this could, this could have completely flipped our season on its head. He could have caused the COVID spread in the team, shut us down, killed our playoff chances. And I mean, it's just, it's just terrible. And then the worst of it, your coach 
is a recent cancer survivor and then you're going to go and put him in that situation that puts him at risk Mm -hmm. that is very irresponsible and just i mean it's just he's young his press conference seemed very heartfelt he seemed apologetic was he we'll never know so you say that juju is arrogant and whatever for dancing on the logo but going oh, has to put his coach's life oh. at risk is just a young kid he's heartfelt well, okay i mean, well, I mean Jude, they're both I, immature. No, I, I apologize no, i'm not defending him at all they're both immature kids absolutely i'm not defending what haskins did at all but what haskins i'll say how what haskins did was on a much much worse level than what juju is doing Fair juju, enough. what juju's doing isn't harming anybody Dwayne Haskins could have put us in serious risk of completely losing this playoff run that we have. He could have. I, and it, and it, if he plays this week, it completely – I mean, wh- what does that look like? He, he's going to go out, he's going to break all these rules, and then he's going to get to play quarterback the next week. But the only reason he's going to get to is because we're in a playoff run and we have no other choice. You know, Ron Rivera, you know, he's not stupid. He's not going to throw a practice squad quarterback out there who has no experience – lose us two games and then not make the playoffs. You know, is Cat Haskins going to be cut at the end of the season? Hopefully, probably, depending on depending on uh, what, are, what we do with the quarterback position in the offseason. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is just it, – it's awful. It looks bad. It puts us at a lot of risk. It, it, it was very disappointing news News to, to see on my phone. The Washington – uh, go ahead. I think I think Washington's in such an interesting spot because, like you said, they're like if there's if this is on any other team, he's cut, he's gone. Yeah. But like, absolutely. and then like also like you said, like being in the playoffs, like could almost hurt them. Like, there's so many situations on Washington where it's like any other thing, like we could be in a better situation. Like they're six and eight right now, and like in most divisions, you're not going to make the playoffs, but they're going they're kicking for the playoffs right now. But, like, this is a team that's probably built for the future. It might even be better in the future if they don't. They have a higher draft pick. They get a better player. You know, whatever. And then the same thing with that. It's like if we were any other team and we didn't have a quarterback who had a bionic leg and then another quarterback who snapped his leg in half, we'd cut this guy and he wouldn't be our starting quarterback. But, like, there's just so many things where it's like if this was any other situation, we'd be fine. And, like, this could be a completely different outlook. But, yeah, Washington just – Seems like they have some some bad luck this year or something. I don't know if the if the football gods are looking down on them in a different way, but but yeah, there, there's so many just interesting like intriguing situations and stipulations in this in this franchise. And it's not like Haskins has already established himself in the NFL. He's on his yeah. last leg and trying to get to be able to play quarterback or play in this league at all. And and then he goes and pulls this. It's like, do you use your head? Like it's. Just, yeah doesn't make it makes zero sense the washington football team's next two games are against the panthers and then the eagles what do you see happening against the panthers next week cannon uh again we'll have to see who's on the field uh if if uh alex smith can says he can play he's going to be the quarterback if not we're going to have to see what, what one of these two practice squad guys can do uh the defense is going to do what they do uh no mccaffrey such a blessing uh, and the, you know the the Panthers' offense isn't isn't the greatest in the world. So I think our defense can, like they did last week, put us in a position to win the game, to where the offense just has to make a couple plays. And then the the Eagles, that's that could be a game that's gonna you know could decide determine, determine a lot of 
a lot going forward. So that, that one's going to be competitive. Uh, we, we've never seen Jalen Hurts before, so we're only going off film. We've never played him before. So, uh, and, you know, we, we, we do struggle against mobile quarterbacks. You saw week three, Lamar absolutely tore us apart. So Kyler Murray week two. So uh, we'll, we're going to have to see. But uh, I think it's very two winnable games, uh, definitely because of our defense. The Washington football team sits at six and eight right now. The Giants are at four and nine. The, uh, sorry, the Giants are at five and nine. The Eagles are at four and nine. And the Cowboys are at five and nine. Uh, I don't really want to talk about the Cowboys because I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I just don't think it's going to happen. And I really hope it doesn't happen, honestly, because they are easily the most embarrassing team in this division. And somehow they're sitting in second place. Let's talk about the Giants, though. The Giants take a loss against the Browns on Sunday night, 20-3. to This one was pretty boring. This one made it easy to fall asleep. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Lucas, what were your takeaways from this game? Yeah, I mean, I saw a tweet right after the game, and it was like, I think this was the least stressful Browns game in, like, 18 years of watching it. And I completely agree. Like, the whole time I'm just like, oh, like, why did they go for it on fourth and two when they're on the 15? Like, what what's going on? Like, it was just a very weird game where it, like, never – even though we weren't really dominating the game, it still never seemed like we're going to lose this game. Like, I, I don't know how to – it's like – it was really an indescribable game. Because some people say, like, the Browns dominated the game, and they really didn't. Like – there was only like six drives for each team, I think. And we didn't really stop the giants ever. Like they, they went for that weird thing on their first drive where they could have kicked a field goal. So it could have been three Oh, mm-hmm. the second time they did kick a field goal. So it could have been six Oh. And then because they stopped us too on our first drive. And, and it was a, it was a play. We really had them schemed up. Well, that's the one thing about the Browns. They didn't really get stopped either. I think they, they punted once or twice, but like, they didn't really get stopped. The first drive, they, they got stopped on a fourth down where they had him schemed up. They had a wide-open receiver, and Baker Mayfield just got his pass knocked down because he's foot one, and, and, he, and the Giants' defensive line is absolutely enormous. Mm-hmm. I think their front seven is, is huge. Um, but, I mean, yeah, the Browns, like, they didn't look terrible, but they didn't look good. And the Giants just – it I don't know if it was because Freddie Kitchens was doing the play calling and he was getting in, uh, in Joe Judge's ear, but – they made some decisions where I was just like, you're in a, you're in a game against a team that like scored 40 points, like twice in the last three weeks or whatever it was like our offense is rolling right now. Like you got to take points when you can get them. And like, it was a low possession game. I don't know if when they came out, they thought it would be a high possession game because it was last week against the Ravens. So maybe like we need as many touchdowns as we can get. But in my mind, I always say it points are scarce in the NFL. You got to take them. I think the giants just, handled it terribly and I think a loss like that where they where they have a chance like they they were in it if they would just take points and like you have your backup quarterback and he just didn't look good but like you were still in somewhat of a somewhat of a spot where you could do something I think that's really going to deflate the Giants and I don't see them coming back unless they can turn around here I, I think Washington has like you said Camden two very winnable games I could see them being eight and eight at the end of this and taking this division, I, I don't. I don't think the Giants can can win two games in a row and and put it together to be in the playoffs. Well, the NFC East will be very interesting, especially after next week. If the Washington Football Team loses to the Panthers and the Eagles win their game, then that Week 17 matchup between the Football Team and the Eagles will decide who will represent the beautiful NFC least. But we'll talk more about that next week. 
let's get into the Twitter questions. First off, from at Christopher underscore Farrow, he said, if you had one drive to win the Super Bowl and could choose any quarterback in his prime to lead it, who are you taking? By the way, Elway and Montana over any current guy. Now, that's just cap right there. I'm just going to call it. Um, because uh, Aaron Rodgers would be my pick easily. Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes, I'd have to say. Uh, I think we need to see more, more of Mahomes in a clutch situation. But right now, Aaron Rodgers is just a better version of John Elway. So, I mean, he's the, he's the most physically gifted quarterback of all time, in my opinion. Camden, I see you. You're a little uh, frustrated I over there. What's your I think this one's I think this one's obvious. I mean, this has got to be Tom Brady. Ooh. I mean, you watching some of those Patriots games, they you would see Brady coming out on the field, and you could al- almost already put the points on the board. I mean, you knew he was going to drive down and score. It wasn't impressive. He didn't he didn't beat you with a deep ball. It was four yard dink and dunks and run plays, but you knew he was going to go down and score on you. You could also say the same about Drew Brees too. You could say the same about any of these guys, but well, I, it, who am I? Who am I picking? Who do I think is going to do it most consistently? I think Tom Brady in his prime could have went down, and I mean he could he could have scored on any defense. I mean it depends every, on how much drive. time depends on how much time is left on the drive. If there's like fifty seconds left, I want Aaron Rodgers. If there's two minutes left, yeah, Drew Brees or Tom Brady. That's Tom Brady perfected the two minute drill. Tom Brady was the one that. You Bill only – oh, you gave me – yeah, okay, you could argue that. But Tom Brady was the one that created the saying, oh, you get you left me too much time. And then he goes down with, with a minute and a half and scores on you like that. And you're like, oh, my God, they barely even threw the ball 10 yards and now they already scored. Like, I just think it's obvious. But Mahomes might be the better version of Tom Brady. Possibly. Uh, I think it's too I early think he's to way tell. more skilled. I think he's got the at this point in his career stuff, right now. Yeah. yeah. But again, you gotta look at the weapons Mahomes has versus the versus the weapons Brady had. Mahomes Mahomes has got a very, very fast and amazing I mean, support cast. But Randy Moss and Rob Gronkowski is better than Tyree Kale and Travis Kelsey, in my opinion. Ooh. I don't know about that actually. Maybe that's a tough conversation. You weren't getting Randy Moss is probably better than Tyreek Hill, but you think you think Kelsey's better than Gronk in their primes? Prime, not prime Gronk. I'm taking prime Gronk. In prime Gronk was unstoppable. I don't know. That might be pretty tight. I think Travis Kelsey's pretty pretty slept on in your mind, yeah. Dom. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the best of all time. I'd say second best of all time, right behind. Yeah, him. I don't know. Yeah, I think Gronk is. I think some of the catches Gronk makes in in or he made in clutch time, like in that Steelers game, the Jesse James caught it game. He made some crazy catches. And in that game, I remember I was in some restaurant and I was watching it from like across the room. And I was just like, Gronk is just taking over this game. Like they're just lobbing. So yeah, I mean, he, he is insane. Oh, if I could go one quarterback, I, I as much as I don't want to say it, I probably have to say Tom Brady. I hate the guy so much. But like you said, there's so many times where it's, yeah, you left them too much time and it's, it wasn't that much time. Yeah. I, I, I think Tom Brady is the guy who most defenses see and they're like, oh, crap, like we gave him too much time. And my, like, dad, no, my dad says it all the time. He's got too much time to go down on us. Yeah. People, people hate it. People hate Brady. I'm sure it's the same way with you. People hate Brady because he's good and he won games. That's yeah. People hate him because he was good and when, nobody could stop him. When will people turn on Patrick Mahomes, though? 
when will people- I think Patrick Mahomes does it in a different way that people won't turn on him because Brady, like you said, it, it like it's like it, it wasn't impressive. Like he, they threw no longer than fifteen yards, whereas like Mahomes is like rolling out, throwing no look passes. His shoulders are one way; he's throwing it fifty yards the other way. Like it's so impressive and so like captivating and awe inspiring that people are gonna love him. You know what I mean? Like whereas Brady was just like, what is he like? I don't understand what he's doing that other guys aren't doing like he just looks like someone's dad like he's he doesn't look crazy like you just see you watch his combine in his cargo shorts or whatever he wore back in 2002 or whatever that combine was and it's like he's not a good athlete like he doesn't look like an NFL athlete why is he the best player in the world so I think that was one reason people hated Brady whereas Mahomes it's like clear it's like oh yeah no one no one else on earth can do that like I that's why he's the best player in the world that's why he's the mvp sorry folks we had some technical difficulties there a little bit of a disconnection but i'm not really sure where i left off but my basic point was just that yeah i'm not sure where i cut out excuse me but that the reason that people hate brady and people won't hate mahomes in my opinion is just because he is like he's doing things that no one else can do whereas brady is he looks like a guy who shouldn't be an NFL quarterback. He's not doing anything crazy. He's just making the right reads and making the right decisions. So Mahomes is so captivating and awe-inspiring that people are going to want to watch him and root for him and wait for him to do the next crazy thing that's going to be on Center top 10, whereas Brady's just going to use his fundamentals, set, square his shoulders, hit that slant route perfect on time. You know, I think, I think that's the difference. Yeah, but did people start hating Brady because he was winning or was it because of, like, the cheating scandals coming out of New England? That's and also true. I also I heard – people hated him before that, but I think yeah. a lot of new haters came in after that. Yeah, definitely. But I also heard a comparison between Mahomes and Steph Curry. Like, it was the same thing with Steph Curry. I mean, he wasn't the most physically gifted, but he was – he changed the game. He He's the greatest scorer of all time, in my opinion. But – there was a moment, maybe behind, maybe behind Kevin Durant. That's the only person. Wow. Behind. Um, but wow. But the reason not a basketball <laughs> podcast. We won't. We won't debate that. Maybe, maybe, maybe after the season, we'll move into a little bit of NBA talk. Um, but the moment where people started to turn on Steph Curry, he was universally loved. But when he threw that mouth guard, that's when people like started to turn on him. So what's going to be Patrick Mahomes' moment that people will turn I think- on? I think that moment is going to be when one of these sidearm passes or, or no looks end up turning into a pick six in, in an important <laughs> game or something like that. Because yeah. we see Curry, it happened the other night against the Nets. It wasn't an important shot or anything, but randomly he just pulls up from about 35 feet and bricks it off the back of the rim and he just looks stupid. Where if it would have went in, everybody would have been like, oh my God, best scorer of all time. Like, <laughs> Uh, I think it's once once that starts to become a problem, if it ever does, which at this point it hasn't looked like it's going to because, I mean, all these plays are – I mean, they none of them have even been close to that I've seen. I, I'm sure he's completed a couple, but – I think it's that mixed with the temper tantrum. Like that – because that's what Curry showed there was he like threw a pass like out of bounds behind his back like the drive before because like I'm a – big Cleveland Cavs fan so I remember exactly when it happened I was so hyped when I saw Curry you know take the mouth guard and hit that guy in the front row but um (laughs) 
but yeah, like not only did he play bad, like he didn't take it like a, like a, you know, whatever. Like he didn't just be like, ah, like that was my fault, whatever. Whereas Mahomes shows a little bit of that. So I think there could be that moment, but I think the moment that he throws a sidearm pass and it goes for a pick and then he goes over and he chucks his helmet on the bench or something like that, that that's the moment to me yeah. it, that, that people will probably turn on him. That's and we're already I'm seeing hungry. frustration with that, like against the Raiders yeah. uh, the other week when uh, Robinson, Marcus Robinson, I forget what his name is, but he fell over and Mahomes threw it and threw mm-hmm. a pick. And then Mahomes was upset at, at Robinson. And this is happening a lot. Mahomes is telling his receivers, like, come back to the ball, you know, do this, do that. Yeah. When, you know, Mahomes might be trying to throw balls that are too difficult and that the receiver might not be able to come back to. So, it, you know, I think another thing about it is, you, you know, is he going to start getting cocky without saying it and try to, you know, make balls that, you know, aren't going to to necessarily be good balls? And, you know, he might try to throw into coverage too many times. And I think it's a lot of things that, that could be Mahomes' downfall. But right now, none of it looks like it's going it, to – it's affecting him. Not to get too off topic here, but did you guys see the no-look pass from Matt Stafford? That was an insane play. That's that one of the – that See, was the best, that's, best play than any of Mahomes' plays he's ever made. Yeah, I always feel bad for Stafford because he doesn't get the hype. But mm-hmm. he gets he has some crazy arm talent too. He makes crazy sidearm throws like that all the time. And and if it was Mahomes, it would be on Sports Center top ten. But because it's him, it's just shown on the yeah. Detroit local news. Yeah, if you haven't seen that, look that up online. Just look up Stafford no look pass. It is the craziest thing you ever see. Next question. Very tight window. Yeah, we got really off track there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> We're talking about basketball, Matt Stafford, who, whatever. Yeah. All right, next question is from friend of the program, at underscore Kendall underscore Beck. He says, Jalen Hurts is quickly emerging as the face of the Eagles franchise. He's been impressive through his first two starts. What is his, st- his ceiling, and how good do you guys think he can be? Um, I think he could be – so tough to tell just judging off of two starts but I I think he could be top 10 I don't think that's too too crazy to say right now the question is will they go with Hertz next season or do they stick with Wentz because with how much money Wentz has right now it's gonna be very tough for another team to want to take that contract on so I don't know but I'd say Hertz ceiling is probably top 10 I think his ceiling is definitely top 10 until, and we've seen it many times with mobile quarterbacks and injury occurs. I mean, I know firsthand with RG3, so a, a mobile quarterback comes in and starts dominating the game with his legs and then one hit to the knee and he's done. His career is over. So I think as long as he can stay healthy, I definitely agree. Top 10 is top 10 is not impossible. Yeah. I mean, I, I think his ceiling is about as high as he wants it to be. Cause I, one thing I really like about Jalen Hurts is it was made known when he was at Alabama and, and continuing when he was at Oklahoma is his work ethic is really insane. Like he's a big weight room guy. Like he's a very hard worker. So I think that's one big thing for him, but it, it's how far he takes it because like you said, Camden, like we, they only have however much film on Jalen Hurts already. So I think that's one reason when a guy comes into the league that, that doesn't play like a normal quarterback or, you know, moves around different and then they put a new offense around him. Like we saw with Lamar Jackson. And then this year he's kind of seen a decline where they're not playing as well overall. He's still an amazing player, like I, like I continue to say. But I think the way he will be able to adapt mentally and physically and scheme-wise to other defenses showing him different looks, yeah, I think his ceiling can be as high as he wants it to be if – he is willing to maybe get out of his comfort zone, maybe do some things that he's not 
usually do does. And, uh, you know, if he changes up his style of play and what he does for his team based on changing defenses and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all about adapting, and Carson Wentz just yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. All right, next Twitter question from at Matt underscore Euler. What is the best sports movie? Camden, what do you think? Thanks for the question, Dad. Absolute stud. But uh, <laughs> the best uh, – the my favorite sports movie ever is The Benchwarmers. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With uh, Rob Schneider, David Spade, and Napoleon Dynamite. But, I mean, that that's my favorite movie. I've seen that movie a million times. But I think the best sports movie has got to be Remember the Titans. I mean that that movie is. I mean the the story is is moving. The the acting Denzel Washington is is absolute one of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, remember the Titans is 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 what I'm gonna say. I like it, Lucas. What do you think? See, there's difference because there's there's sports comedy movies like you said with Benchwarmers, <laughs> and for mine, I one of my all time favorites. Me and my brothers used to watch this all the time. Is uh, Little Big League. I don't know if you've ever heard about of it. It's where the the kid inherits the baseball team from his grandfather, and then he just makes himself the the manager. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but it's it's hilarious. It's a really good movie. They don't make sports movies like they used to, especially not sports comedy movies. Right. Another one is The Replacements. I kind of wanted to say that for my favorite, but that's more comedy too. Love Keanu Reeves. I, I cannot fault that man, no matter what he does. I love that guy. Um, overall, best movie though. That's a tough one because, like, I want to do a football one because I'm such a football fan and, like, I'm such a football guy. But at the same time, there's other good baseball ones. I don't know. I don't know. I think – remember the Titans is definitely up there. The blind side's another good one, but I think that's kind of less of – it's almost less sports and kind of more, you know, community and things like that. Yeah. So, I don't know. I might have to take a second here and think, really. I'll, no, you I'll, can go. What, who, yeah, what's I'll yours? Give mine quick. So, since you guys gave a comedy one and a serious answer, I'll do that too. Best comedy sports movie, Caddyshack. That's oh, the yes. funniest movie of all time. One of the funniest movies of all time, in my opinion. Just the characters in that. Bill Murray, I mean Chevy Chase, I mean Rodney Dangerfield. The list goes on and on. But for best sports movie, just just great film. Oh man, this is I uh, like. It would be Rocky, but I don't know which Rocky. That's the question. Uh, I want to oh, say Rocky Four. Rocky Four. I wouldn't say that's the best sports movie. That's my favorite sports movie. The best sports movie, just the original Rocky. Classic film. An underdog tale. I mean, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you know. Gotta love it. Great story. Gotta love the Italian stallion. I I gotta apologize. I completely blanked there under the pressure. I gotta go with Miracle. It's not even close. It's Miracle. It's I, I can watch that movie every day of my life. I know every line to it. It's Miracle. It's my favorite movie of all time. Herb Brooks is the GOAT. Mark Johnson, he's a stud. And, I, yeah, Miracle, a thousand times out of a thousand. I like Sorry. It. I like it. Those were – remember the Titans, Miracle, and Rocky. Those, I don't think there's any other sports movies you could put up with those three. So I think those are three solid answers. Next question is at, from at the underscore Grammy. Pick your NFC champs, and then he also says AFC Dark Horse, Bills, or Titans. Um, NFC champs, I said it earlier. I think Super Bowl champs, the New Orleans Saints. And then yeah, – think... go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you can go ahead with your okay. AFC team. And then too. AFC Dark Horse, I'd say the Bills. I think Bills are better than the Titans at this point. 
Yeah, I think the Bills might not even be a dark horse anymore. I mean, after the, after the Steelers game, everyone, like, really started to take notice of them. And then uh, we were looking at lines before this, and I think their spread was, like, 10 and a half. So I think, uh, I think people are really taking notice of how good the Bills really are right now. And I don't know how much of a dark horse they really are. But, yeah, I love the Bills. I, I said it a couple weeks ago, I think they're, they're the team that's going to make a deep run this year. This could be their year, honestly. Um, but NFC champs, I'm going to go with the Packers. I love Aaron Rodgers right now. I love the way he's playing. I think even though in his age, he's still the best quarterback in the game right now, physically and mentally. I think that, that he just – he has that team where, where he needs it to be right now. And I, I think the Packers are going to make a run. Packers versus Saints – NFC championship would be pretty awesome. Not going to lie. That could be a good one for sure. Camden, do you agree with what Lucas says there? Bills yep. is the dark horse and Packers? Took, took the words right out of my mouth. Like, <laughs> uh, the Packers, Packers are going to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Uh, not many people put up uh, record numbers at, at 37 years old, but Aaron Rodgers is doing it. Devontae Adams, in my opinion, is, is the second best receiver in the league this season. Obviously, we don't have normal Julio, but right, he's behind D-Hop this season. He's absolutely tearing it up. Uh, as long as that defense can can step up and make 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 some plays going into the playoffs, I mean, nobody's stopping Aaron Rodgers. And then the last question here from at Brock Madonic: Name one sleeper team in each conference that no team wants to face in the playoffs. Camden, what do you think? Sleeper team out of the AFC, uh, I'm going to say the Browns. Yeah. I think, yeah. I, think, I think especially once you get down into the playoffs, nobody wants to face a run game like that. People want to force the ball in the air. They want mistakes made. And, and the Browns just aren't going to do that. They're going to use this dominant running game, and they're, and they're going to they're gonna bully. And, and out of the NFC, uh, I'm going back to, to Tom Brady. I'm going with Tampa Bay. I think getting into the playoffs – Tom Brady is not somebody people want to run into, even though he's not having a great season, as great of a season as Tom Brady usually does. I, I think especially once it comes down to playoff time, I mean, Tom Brady's going to gonna be Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to build right off that. I think the Browns, like you said, I, I they, people don't want to face a run game like that. They want to face or they want to force the pass and they want the quarterback to make mistakes. And right now, Knock on wood, but Baker Mayfield isn't really making that many mistakes. I mean, he looks really surgical. He looks really on point. Like, he, he's hitting receivers in stride. He looks confident throwing the ball. And I think he's, he's being really accurate and putting it in spots where his receiver gets it or no one gets it. And I think that's one really impressive thing. So, the Browns, as much as I hate to give them hype and I always need to bet against them, I think they could be a sleeper. And then out of the NFC, I'm going to go with the Cardinals because I still think Kyler Murray is an insane talent. I think – any team that has to face him, I, I feel like he could take over a game like that. I just think he has that type of talent. Right now, if the playoffs started today, the Cardinals would be against the Saints. And the Saints are, you know, a little bit down right now. So if they played this week, the Cardinals might beat them. That could be a good matchup. I think that Kyler Murray could just take over that game. And, and you know, I think he could take over any game. And I think that might be what he does in the playoffs and gets them one, if not two or three wins. Now, I really like the Browns pick as a sleeper, but I think you could also argue that the Steelers are a sleeper pick right now after the last three weeks. I don't think anybody wants to play the Steelers' defense right now. Uh, and if the offense gets it figured out in the next two weeks, then, then, they, then no one really wants to face us. I know that that's a homer pick right there, but, but yeah, I do like the uh, – the Browns are the, 
the Browns are the better pick here. Coach of the year, Baker Say Mayfield it. getting it all together. <laughs> the two-headed goat in the backfield. I mean, yeah, it's got to be the Browns. And then Say the it. The Browns are good. Just say it. <laughs> I, said, I said it. The Browns are damn good, all right? For the NFC, though, the Cardinals I was thinking about, but I think it's the Rams. The Rams are – they weren't sleepers, I don't think, but now they are. They got – Top three defense in the league, I'd say. And if Jared Goff has it all together, they're a damn good team. So, yeah, the Rams and the Browns, for me, I'm going to stick with the Browns there. I can't, I can't say the Steelers. I can't with it, with good faith. I just can't. Wow. I, I haven't given the Rams the Browns. <laughs> I haven't given the Rams much love through this podcast, but after they get me two points in my fantasy playoffs against the Jets, I'm done. I'm completely out. Exactly. They aren't getting anything from me the rest of the season. The Jets All three of us said the Browns. I don't like that juju. So I'm just going to say, yeah, I think the Colts could be a real sleeper in the AFC. I think they could really make a run at it. There you go. That's that's Thanks. all. I, that's all I need to say to give the Browns a little bit better. The Jets better are hot game. right now, and they played the Browns next week. So who knows? Yeah, the Browns probably won't even make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that wraps up the Twitter questions there. Thank you to everyone who sent in tweets. Make sure to follow us at North Shore Pod and look out for tweets when we're asking for questions to be featured on the podcast. And, of course, voicemails are always welcome. If you want your voice featured, you can call 717-818-8657. Thank you very much one more time. All right, now it's time for today's top three. This one was stolen straight off of TikTok. I saw a pretty nice talk that – uh showed all the best running backs from that draft class. And I didn't realize it, but I think the 2017 draft class might be the best of all time. Who wants to go first here and tell me a running back? Uh, who wants to start off here? I'll start it off. Um, that 2017 draft class, I, I, class, excuse me, that running backs list just keeps going on and on. I'm going to take, I think he was the first running back off the board, pretty sure Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how much I really like him in the NFL that much, Especially but in college, a, I think he was the third overall pick too. There's four. Yeah. Fourth. Okay. Fourth. And that just looks fourth now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really like him that much now, but in college, man, oh, in yeah. the purple and gold mm-hmm. rocking number seven, bald man with the braces. He, he, he was, a, he was a freak. Yeah. Um, I wore seven in high school too. So, you know, and it was around the same time. I didn't, not, not to say that I was Leonard Fournette or anything, you know, but, but, you know, everyone always said that to me, something about being seven. So um, I loved Leonard Fournette, the way he ran the ball, especially one game comes to mind every time I think of Leonard Fournette at LSU was when he played Ole Miss and he had two touchdown runs that were like literally the exact same play. I think they were both like within two yards of the distance. Um, and the first time, like both guys kind of make good tackle attempts and he just makes them look like children, of course, like he did to everyone. And then the next one, the dude just, like, uh, he knew he wasn't going to tackle him. He, like, basically jumped over him. And I, I just always thought that was hilarious, just how, how dominant he was. He looked like Derrick Henry does now in the NFL, but it was in the SEC, which is a little bit different, you know. But that just goes to show you how good Derrick Henry is. But, but whatever, yeah, my first pick's Leonard Fournette, just because what he did in college. He was a different breed in college, for sure. Mm-hmm. Came to what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who probably should have been taken at four over Fournette. Uh, CMC, Christian McCaffrey, uh, was an absolute animal at Stanford. Holds tons of records there. Uh, I think he holds the records for the record for most all-purpose yards in a season, something like that, 2015, I think it was. But what I love about Christian McCaffrey is just how versatile he is. 
a lot of running backs nowadays that they they're either good at the receiving game or they're or they're good at the run game. And McCaffrey's one of the best in the league at both. You know, you gotta watch a lot of times. Like I'll use Washington for an example. When JD McKiss when JD McKissick's in the backfield, you can almost know it's a pass because he's a receiving back. He's not a da- a threat in the run game as much as he is the receiving game. So you're gonna guess a pass. When McCaffrey's in the backfield, you have no idea whether he's gonna run or he's gonna kill you on a on a wheel route up the right side. He's so versatile, and and you saw that at Stanford. I mean, he he dominated, and that's why he went number eight overall. Uh, would it have would his career have been different if he would have went to the Jaguars at four? Never know, but I mean, Christian McCaffrey obviously probably the best running back out of that draft class. Probably the best running back in the NFL at this point. Well, oh, maybe not Derrick Henry. That's that's the only Close. person point ahead. Close. All right, my running back that I'm going to go with here is Aaron Jones. He was a late draft pick, but he has helped this uh this this Green Bay Packers team become one of the best teams in the NFC. He's helped Aaron Rodgers out a lot, kind of taken off the pressure from him. Um, I like Aaron Jones a lot. Yeah, that's all I got to say about him. Lucas, what's your second one? Yeah, I think my favorite thing about Aaron Jones, by the way, is that he went to UTEP, and uh, they're the roadrunners. So yes. that's all I got to say about him. He's a roadrunner. Um, my second one is is got to be a Cleveland guy, you know, Went to, uh, you know, went to a Cleveland high school, and then he went to Toledo, and then went to the Chiefs for a little bit, and then, you know, whatever happened, uh, he ended up on the Browns. You know, we talked about Denzel Ward being uh, Nordonia to uh, Ohio State to the Browns. Uh, this one's a little bit less, you know, because his college was Toledo, but Kareem Hunt, you got to love him. Uh, no matter whatever happened, I'm, I'm not going to get into it right now, but Kareem Hunt, he's doing great things for the Browns. I love him. I hope he's a Browns, Brown for life. I mean, yeah, uh, he's one of the best running backs in the league for sure. But he's he has a bad uh, past. Let's not get into it right now. Camden, go for two. But uh, wait, one more thing. Another running back who has a rough past, Joe Mixon. He was also in this draft class. I don't think any of us are going to take him. No, I'm, I'm going to stay away from that one because I saw the video of that. <laughs> you can't take Green Hunt and Joe Mixon. That would be I'm not be able to <laughs> No, that would be a bad look for me. <laughs> All right, Kano, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with somebody who, again, now, right now is one of the one of the top backs in the league and didn't go until the third round in this draft class, uh, Alvin Kamara. Uh, didn't know a lot about him coming in from Tennessee. He, he wasn't highly touted. And what I, lo- what I love about him is how he plays in relation to his size. Uh, I mean, me and Alvin Kamara are the same height, both 5'10", and Alvin Kamara does not shy away from – from contact up the middle at all. He will still take halfback powers up the middle, even being 5'10". You know, you look at his stat sheet, you wouldn't know he's 5'10". The way he plays based on in relation to his size is just mesmerizing to me. I, I love watching Alvin Kamara play. Yeah, he was a stud at Tennessee too. I, I really liked watching him back then. And, yeah, it is it is a good uh, thing for us short kings to have some representation <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> we like to see. All right, my next one is Dalvin Cook, another one of the top running backs in the league today. I mean, this 2017 draft class is just stacked. Uh, he's not on the best team, the Minnesota Vikings, but he started off this season as the best running back in the league. He's kind of slowed down right now, but he's, he's fun to watch. He's a little bit of a bigger dude. He can move, he can move people. He's fun to watch. He's a fast dude too. 
all I gotta say. Yeah, for sure. Another good pick. Um, my last one, I'm, I'm going to go with a, with a guy who's, you know, not really primarily a running back right now, but I'll put a, put a little bit of Buckeye representation in this top three and I'll go with Curtis Samuel. Uh, I thought he was really good at Ohio state and I was like looking forward to seeing him in the NFL. I talk about Curtis Samuel a lot on this podcast. I talked about him for the quarterback one too, in the top yeah. three. Uh, I just like him because I think he's a super versatile player. I actually just now looked it up and didn't realize he was a second-round draft pick, number 40 overall. I, I, I was actually pretty surprised to see that because uh, coming out, I kind of didn't know if he would have a future in the NFL because he was a running back at Ohio State, but he's kind of smaller, like you said, not super tall, just like uh, just like Alvin Kamara. But, I mean, he, he comes out and he, he – switches to wide receiver and also running back. He's that H back position like I've talked about before. And and I think he's one of the most versatile players in the league right now. I think he's he's doing great things in Carolina. And I think he's a big part of their offense. Uh I'm gonna go with gotta with my third one. Gonna go gonna go with my Washington guys. Uh Samaj P. Ryan. We took him in the uh took him in the fourth round, pick 114 out of Oklahoma. Uh, we swapped picks picks with the Jets because we, we we needed a running back. We needed a second back that year, and he was a stud at Oklahoma. I mean, he he uh, he has the record for uh, the most rushing yards in a game in the in the NCAA with 427. Uh, I mean, he was he was good at Oklahoma. Uh, he didn't really pan out with Washington. He's now with Cincinnati. He doesn't really do much, but he had he had one okay season with us, like 650 yards, I think. So I mean, he. I couldn't leave Washington off this list. So, and I and I always hearing uh, announce. I don't know if this was just me, uh, but I I always thought announcers were saying his name wrong. I was always like, it's got to be Perrine. There's no way his name is Piron. But but it, it turned out it was. Every announcer kept saying it, and I was like, am I just stupid or? But yeah, that's an interesting pick there because there are some there are a lot of good running backs still left. Like I said, Joe Mixon, Tariq Cohen, Marlon Mack, Chris Carson, Austin Eckler, Matt Burita. But the running back I'm going to go with here, James Conner, the pride of Pitt, the man who beat cancer while he was at the University of Pittsburgh from, uh, I believe he's from the 717. I think he's, no, no, he's from Erie. He's from Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he's an Erie guy. Pennsylvania boy, born and raised, stuck with uh, – I mean, it's just a miracle that he beat Hodgkin's lymphoma while he was at Pitt and got drafted by the hometown Pittsburgh Steelers. He's not my favorite running back to watch right now, but his story is one of the greatest of all time. And he's, he's a Pittsburgh legend forever. So I got to give some love to James Conner. All right, that wraps it up for today's top three. One of the greatest running back draft classes of all time, 2017. Soon maybe we can talk about that uh, 2018 uh, wide receiver class. I mean, there are a ton, bunch of studs in there. I'll have to be, we'll have to save that one for next time or something. All right. We've also, already talked about this year's rookie draft class uh, of wide receivers because we talked about top 10, or we talked about our top three receivers, or excuse uh, me, we talked about our top three rookies, but we also just talked about the, that receiving class so mm-hmm. much. I mean, I think that's definitely going to be one just like this class that we look back on in a couple of years and was like, wow. I think this draft class might go down as just one of the best draft classes of all time, like regardless, not just sure. wide receiver, quarterbacks, yeah, running backs. I mean, it's, it's a great draft class. I don't think we'll see it for a long time like this. Okay, let's get into it. The final segment of the show, the fadeaway three. 
Here we're going to be giving you nine free picks from the FanDuel Sportsbook as of December 24th, most commonly known as the day after Festivus. Okay, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. You must be 21 or older. Let's just talk about the game of the week first, the Packers, minus three versus the Titans. If I have to pick one, I gotta, we got to roll with Aaron Rodgers, take Packers minus three here. You guys, are you uh, taking the Titans? Um, I, I like the Titans in this, honestly, but I think Aaron Rodgers, like I said, I think they're going to win the NFC. They're the top spot right now. I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to keep that, keep that momentum rolling. I think the Titans are, are not that it's a must win game, but it's going to put them in really good situation, especially if the Steelers do steal a game from the Colts. That's right. I had to say steal a game because of the way they've looked recently, but, uh, but, yeah, I got to take the Packers. I, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is just too good this year, and I think Devontae Adams is playing on another level. And we talked about one of those 2017 running backs, Jamal Adams, and, you know, he's another great piece of that offense. What do or, you excuse think? me, did I say Jamal Adams? Aaron Jones, what? Jamal Adams? What's <laughs> wrong with me? I'm sorry. I My bad. For a second. Yeah, I mean, clearly I did too. Um, but, yeah, I got to take Packers minus three. Camden, what do you got? Uh, Packers as well. I think Derrick Henry's going to eat because the, the Packers run defense is, is not one of the higher ones in the league. But I think if they can force Tannehill to throw the ball, their secondary is enough to make him make a couple mistakes. And then, like we talked about earlier, Aaron Rodgers is looking MVP this year. I, I don't see the Titans defense, especially their secondary, being able to contain Aaron Rodgers enough. I think this will go down to the wire. I think this will be a very good game. But I, but I think the Packers are going to squeak it out. All right, there's one free pick. We are all consensually deciding on the Packers minus three. So that means that's a lock, 100%. All right, now it's time for me to give you my three picks. Last week I went two for three. The only one I missed was Eagles plus six and a half. They lost by seven. That's a heartbreaker. Moved to 17 and nine all time on the podcast. Here are my three picks. I got the Saints minus six and a half versus the Vikings. I think uh, with Drew Brees recovering a little bit more, shaking that rust off, like I said, and only losing to the best team in football by three points, I think they blow out the Vikings. I think this is a two-score game easily. My next one, this one uh, my, my fellow Steelers fans might get a little bit mad about, but, I mean, I'm just trying to give you winning picks out here. I got to take the Colts minus one and a half versus the Steelers. I think that uh, the Steelers' luck won't change. I think we saw who they were. And the Colts are a great team. They get a great defense, a much better defense than the Bengals. So I don't see the Steelers putting up many points. I, would, I wouldn't mind taking the under in this one. I'm not sure what it is, but that wouldn't be too bad. But I think the Colts beat us by uh, less than seven for sure, but covering one and a half. And then my final pick, Giants plus ten and a half versus the Ravens. Uh, I think that's a lot of points for the Giants, especially with their defense. I think they have a really good defense. I think they would have covered uh, this point spread against the Browns if they would have got that offense rolling a little bit, but they just couldn't. I believe Daniel Jones will be back for this game, and he's definitely a much better pick, but much better choice than uh, Colt McCoy there. So, yeah, I, got, I think the Ravens win by seven. So Gi- Giants plus 10.5 is my pick. Lucas, give us your three best bets for this weekend. Yeah, I really like uh, I really like your Colts Steelers pick um, because I love to hear a Steelers fan be be down enough to say that they're going to lose. 
Um, and, you know, just to set up that Week 17 game, as much as I liked, I would love to see the Browns just already clinch a playoff spot, it's going to be an amazing Week 17. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my three best bets of the week, I think the Broncos plus three versus the Chargers. I think that's a lock because I, I, I don't know. The Chargers are a good team, but I, I just don't think – I think, like you say, Dom, they're going to lose it in a way that they shouldn't lose it. And the Broncos are, are underdogs in this game. I think Drew Locke is getting it together right now. I think him and K.J. Hamler are looking really good as well as Jerry Judy. So I like that offense, and I like the Broncos right now. Uh, the Rams plus one and a half versus the Seahawks. Even though the Seahawks are coming off a win against Washington, which is which was a good one, and the Rams are coming off a bad loss against the Jets. I think the Rams, like I said, they're just so inconsistent. I think they're going to bounce back in this one, and it's going to be a big win for them to, to you know, hopefully push – push forward for a playoff run. I think they could be one of the sleepers in the NFC. But, yeah, Rams plus one and a half versus the Seahawks. And then uh, the Dolphins versus the Raiders. I think this is going to be a low-possession game. I think the Raiders are going to keep the ball out of Derek Carr's hands and more in the hands of their running backs. I think they're going to try to control it with their run game. And, uh, and Tua, you know, he's a good quarterback. He's got this team where they need him right now. But he hasn't shown uh, an ability to put up, like, a bunch of points yet. He hasn't had a 40-point game from the Dolphins or anything. So Raiders, Dolphins, I think it's going to be a low possession game, and I think it's going to be an under 48. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Camden, give us your three best bets. Uh, I'm going to go with Eagles minus 2.5 versus the Cowboys. Uh, Like we talked about earlier, the culture in Philly is changing completely, and they're improving each game with Jalen Wentz. They just need – or Jalen Wentz. Oh, Lord. Jalen Hurts, they, they, just need to, they just need to fix a couple things uh, to win these last two games. Uh, I think this will be a very close game. They'll take Dallas down to the wire as both of these teams need these wins. So I think this one's going to be hard fought, but I think the Eagles are going to pull it out. Uh, Lions versus Buccaneers to under 51. I feel like 51 is a lot for this game, uh, especially with the, the Lions offense and how they typically perform. So unless Tom Brady comes out and absolutely massacres the Lions, I don't see this happening. And then I got the opposite, uh, Seahawks minus 1.5 versus the Rams. Uh, The Rams, I mean, where is your head at after you lose to a winless team who people were talking about as one of the worst teams of all time? Uh, And the Seahawks are just trying to perfect everything before they go into the playoffs. They know they're not playing as good as they can, but they but they know that they're playing well enough to get them in the playoffs. So uh, I, I think Seattle takes that one easy. Interesting. Very interesting. Lucas and Camden going head-to-head this weekend. We'll see who wins that game, which team will cover. It's going to be our own little uh, – little, uh, what was I going to say? It's going to be our own little uh, you know event of the feats of strength, it seems as though it's going to be me against Camden. We were a day late on the feats of strength. Sorry. <laughs> That is it right there. Week 16 is upon us. There are only two weeks of regular season football left to be played, and then the playoffs start, and we will have so much stuff to talk about. So stay tuned for the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at North Shore Pod, because we got a lot of stuff planned. We got a lot of stuff to talk about in the next coming weeks, and we are very excited to do it. You guys have anything else to say? Nothing but Merry Festivus and Happy New Year. That's sure. that's all I need to say. Happy holidays to everyone. Stay safe. Have a great Christmas.